Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. We haven't had any trick or treaters call us yet. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get maybe we'll get one. Tell them the number. 781 837-4900. Give us a call and maybe we'll give you a trick. Maybe we'll give you a treat. Depends on how nicely you ask it. We'll also comment on your costume nicely. <laughs> you are definitely in the spirit. I guess so. I don't know. Aren't you? Hey, by the way, Tim, I gotta, I'd like to do a road report for my neighborhood. Could I do that? Oh, yeah, sure. Go right like ahead. A, a bulletin about how things are. Okay. okay there are yeah. potholes in my road. Oh, no. And it's, oh. it's bumpy. I oh, just, no. I just wanted to know that. Take okay. care of your tires yeah. going through yeah. there. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Feel, feel bumpy. I feel better now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as a, P- as a P- uh, PSA on Mike's neighborhood. Yeah. Kirk, I, I'm list- I was listening to that little promotion we did there, and I was thinking, okay, in that promo, I say sometimes we disagree. So why is it that my two kids always disagree with me and my son-in-law never does? Can you explain that? We, you need to get a little I'm, bit more. I'm just an agreeable person. Well, you need to get a little bit more cantanker so we can have some more fun in the show here. I'm just an what, agreeable yeah. person. Yeah, just, just ask Justin and Alyssa how to disagree with me. Okay? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just, that's just my nature. That works for me. We ha- Oh, my goodness. We have Bob in Plimpton. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you guys? We are good. Is this so? What are you dressed up as this year? <laughs> I scare everybody daily, so it doesn't matter what I wear. Good answer. Okay, fair enough. What can we do so, for you? I have a different perspective from what you do. Okay, my perspective was that I I managed my fund all through a career, and I grew the funds to three million dollars when I left, and then through the course of the early two thousands, my and I'm turning it over to a, an investment company. I lost a million four. And it was a period of time where no matter what you did, everybody was bailing out. I didn't tell them to bail out. Then they finally said, we don't think this is going to straighten out. So that million three was gone for a period of time. And then Whoa. through the, through I'm the so- course, they were, you know, I, I look at where they had spread my money, and I didn't see the growth that I expected. Yep. Not that I expected three to five percent. Yeah. But it was obviously a big negative. So what I did is went to two other companies, actually. And then I said, and I have one company that's pretty good right now, but I manage a fund myself. And it's two stocks, ExxonMobil, great stock, and Coca-Cola. Both pay dividends in both. If you look at what ExxonMobil has done in the last three weeks, it went from 83 to 107. And I own 8,000 shares. Good for you. By the way, so you obviously you've been through the the wars with Exxon Mobil over the last few years, then, correct? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I bought, it, I bought when think people were bailing out when COVID started. I was yeah. buying it. Yeah, and I had obviously the company that I was at the time. They said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm making money." 
Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, so, so the point that you're illustrating, thank you very much, is that if you have good companies, plural, you only got a couple. We could talk about right. that. But if you had good, oh, lot, yeah. good companies, plural, and gave them enough time and waited through the downtimes and had the comfort to do that. It's interesting. We meet some folks from time to time who own companies and we don't try to dissuade them out of them. We just say, if you want to own it, whatever. And to a person, because they're comfortable and they've gone through a couple of bad times with the companies, they're married to them. And that's perfectly fine. I think most people should be married to four or five or six hundred companies. But the point is yeah. that you have to deal with the downtimes because you can't predict them. Is, am I okay right. staying that? Or? I guess when I look at ExxonMobil and looking at Warren Buffett, and he, he, I worked for a monster company called Color at one time, and they've always been good, yep. it seems. And now struggling a little with competition. But I think when you look at companies that pay dividends and they're like the stables in our economy, and people, no matter what, they buy Coke or they buy Pepsi. All, 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 and you have to go to the gas station. You have to heat your house. So when ExxonMobil was at a value, I can't even remember what it, it was. Ridiculously low in when the pandemic started. So I kind of loaded up on both of those companies. I bought PepsiCo too. It was all. I guess I looked at the dividend of six percent at the time ExxonMobil, and then it started to jump. And then I look at the perspective of where it's going to go. They're still talking that stock up to be one thirty-four. Yeah, and I sold it at one hundred six this past week. Yeah, they can and talk then, it up all they want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah and, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, congratulations for being smart and lucky. Okay, for every call from Bob, there's probably a, yeah. at least one other person sitting out there saying they lost their shirt on an individual company. And so I have a saying to myself: put a price on it. When it gets there, don't be the that ate everything. There you go. That's, that, that's, yeah, and that's easier said than done, but yeah, but if you can do it, then that's something, yeah. All right, so Bob, give us a sentence or two of advice to folks out there listening to us from your point of view. Just always stay on top of your game. Don't just walk away from it. Just don't p- deal the cards to somebody else because those cards could be losers. All right. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> that was perfect. Not necessarily you guys. I listen to you guys almost every Saturday. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, that. It's, it's your money. Yep. And, want to, and don't forget that it is. And when you see something that's troubling, you address it. There and you, if you don't, you'll be sorry. There you go. All right. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Hey, th- thank you for the call. That yeah, was thanks. great. I appreciate that. Thank okay. you. Thanks, right. Bob. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. Okay. That's true. The people think about the people we've met that have owned stocks for a long time, even if it's one or two of them, and even if they're sucking wind while you're talking to them, because they've been through the tough times before and survived. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Uh, If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. Hello, Tim. Tim's stuck in his coffin. Hello, Tim. Tim. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how that worked, but that, that uh, we shouldn't, we should never should have nailed you in there. That was our fault. I'm, why did you knock me in there? I, I know. could not hang up your phone. I know it was our oh. fault. That's going in your report, Tim. Sorry about that. Oh no, yeah. not my report. Please you should, don't. You should always keep a spare hammer in the coffin. I will tell that to my wife. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. M- moving right along. Okay, so this is funny. All right, this is a 2021 trick, which I'm going to uh, amend here. Trick: the S and P 500 is overly concentrated, okay? By the way, the five, the Standard & Poor's 500, the list of 500 of America's biggest companies, the biggest of the big, okay, Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Microsoft. They were calling them the big, what were they calling them? Well, there was a name for It used for to be Fang, yeah. but it included Netflix and yeah, Google. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, but the point is that those five stocks made up like 24% 
of all the value of the 500. So they're big guys, okay? And by the way, they were screaming, okay, in the last few years because everybody was loving tech. Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, which is now Meta, Amazon, and Microsoft. It was 24% of the S&P 500. So, folks, so that was the trick, okay? And then the treat, if they all go down, it will not be pretty, but they could go nowhere, and the other 495 might gain some. That didn't happen. Well, actually, that did happen. But, okay, the mighty have fallen, okay? And here are the numbers, okay? Facebook year-to-date, minus 41.54%. A bit more than the stock market at 14. Yo. Okay, uh, let's see here. Apple year-to-date, minus 15.89%, okay? Equal to the stock market. Alphabet year-to-date, minus 34.46%. Amazon year-to-date, minus 41 0.26%, and Microsoft year-to-date, minus 21. Okay, folks, so here's the newsflash. If you have five companies that, that all are in similar sort of industry that are huge, that make up a quarter of the whole index, when they go real high, for maybe not some good reasons, they drag things higher, and when they go real low, they drag things lower. So there's no free lunch, folks, and you don't want to get too excited when things are high, and you don't want to get too excited when things are low, but we do that all the time. In the investment world, and we'll probably have hopefully a couple of tricks and treats on this subject, but okay, the value of a company is some multiple of its earnings, okay? And by the way, so if every day, okay, if you could perfectly value a company based on only its earnings, I'm going to call that the intrinsic value. That's what it's really worth. Sometimes in the stock market store, people think it's worth more than it's really worth and the price goes up. So sometimes there are occasions when the prices of things are above their intrinsic or what I will call real world value. Okay, that's because people are thinking good things and greedy. The other side of that is sometimes things are below their intrinsic value because people are fearful. But you know what? Those highs and lows always bounce around that intrinsic value. So if the intrinsic value, the earnings just keep growing, there's the elevator and, and that, the yo-yo. That'd be more yeah. of a straight yeah. line, but yeah. that's just not yeah. the way it works. Yeah. yeah, in a perfect world, yeah. we wouldn't have the stock market. We would just perfect multiply the stock market by the, the earnings by 16 every year and call it a day. But no, let's see. I think the earnings are going to tank for the next four months, so I'm going to dr- sell the shares and drive the price down. Yeah, no. In the real world, the intrinsic value of companies is a multiple of what their earnings are. In the fake world called the U.S. stock market. Sometimes people get greedy and get stupid and buy things and think higher of them than they really are. And sometimes people think lower of them than they really are. And we ultimately get back to about what they're worth, I think. But it's a bumpy ride, folks. It's a bumpy ride. All right? Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? I was, trying, I was just trying to remember the phrase that the caller had about the pig, and oh, I thought that, that was a good line. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the exact yeah. wording on that. There's an old saying in my business. This is an old Wall Street when I was first a stockbroker many years ago. The bulls make money, the bears make money, the pigs never make money. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving along. Okay, this is a 2021 treat as well. Okay, trick. Investor sentiment is about 63. Treat. Historically, that means there are modest stock market returns to come. Trick. In 2022, it's gone from 63 to 22.2. By the way, okay, this is basically the investor sentiment index. I love this, okay? It's people's behavior 
who drive the prices of things above their intrinsic value. We call that the stock market. Yeah. Institutions. Yeah. And it's people or institutions' behavior that drive things below the intrinsic value of the stock market. And we even have an index that tracks people's behavior. The, okay. Is this the VIX? Which is this? Okay, that's a volatility yeah. index, but this is the sentiment index. Sentiment index. Okay, okay. so by the way, so if it's 63... That means 63% of all people are bullish. They feel good. Yeah, they feel good and things are probably okay. If it's 22, that means 78% of people are scared to death. Okay, which is coincidentally why things are down because people are selling. So, Hello? And, and I don't know, you know how, what the correlation is. You look back through time. It's, but, a big, it's a big one. But when the numbers get to that extent, yeah. that usually means we're getting close to the bottom. Correct. And yeah. we don't know that for sure. Yeah. But to, that, So that actually makes me feel yeah, good yeah, yeah. because I'm okay. like, okay, yeah. if Everyone's getting to that point that yeah. it's okay. Things are going to turn around at some point here. Yeah. If you step back on that and a bunch of other things we've been talking about here and look at 50,000 feet down, okay, intrinsic value is this, but human behavior messes with that because of how we behave. So, so by the way, the two are not connected. Okay, what a company is going to learn if the price of Facebook is down today. Okay, people are projecting their earnings to be this and it's down. Just because Facebook is down in price, that doesn't affect Facebook, the company, they're going to earn what they're going to earn. They're going to do what they're going to do. So, folks, the companies, they're going to do their own thing and hopefully they'll be profitable. What we think they're going to do, good news, bad news, fear, greed, it's not connected to how they're actually going to do. We're just making it up sort of thing. Why bother trying to guess? Hang on to them and let them hopefully work. But, no, we like to make a science out of that, actually, where people can lose and gain money pretty quickly. And I I guess I'm of the opinion that these companies, big companies, right, are driven and, and they are led by very intelligent people and teams of very intelligent people and they will and they're dealing with inflation and they're yep. dealing with rising interest rates and they're dealing with war and they're dealing with recession and they and their and their 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 only motivation is to earn a profit think that's still a politically uh, correct right and I, I think so okay uh, so that's yeah. so if you believe in that yeah. then that's that's what makes yeah. you know you be yeah. a good investor is, is you believe that these companies their only their only job their only their only goal is to make a profit so that they can pay that dividend and hopefully increase those dividends over time yeah. which is going to make their stock more valuable. <laughs> yep. And that's the way it's been, and that's the way it's going to be. Let me see if I can say this in a write-down-worthy sentence here. Okay, so people's behavior drive stock prices up or down short-term. Companies' ability to grow earnings drive company values over the long run. They're not connected. What a company is going to do and how people are behaving, thinking about what they're going to do, they are, thank goodness, not connected, folks. Okay, People will say, what should I do with my portfolio about inflation? What should I do about rising interest rates? What should I do about the war? What should I do about who's president next month? Okay. Why don't you let the companies that you own try to figure that out? Most of them have done that before and been through tough times. It's not up to you. It's up to them. You just got to give them enough time to do that. And, yep, some will go by the wayside, and there'll be some new ones, which is why you own a bunch of them. But that sounds way too simple and boring from an investment show. That's, that's, yeah, that's way too that's simple. That's the way it is. Yeah, I understand. That's okay. the way it should be. All right. This is a 2021 treat as well. We are experiencing very low <laughs> market volatility. Okay, the trick. That won't last. Mm -hmm. And boy, do we have that trick. Okay. Now, this is something pretty interesting. Okay. Through August 31st of 2022, 
87% of trading days on the New York Stock Exchange have had more than a 1% intraday swing in prices. Okay? If you annualize a minus one for 365 days, that gets a little scary if you think about it. Okay? And, according to, and that was Money Magazine, by the way. I didn't make that up, folks. And sometime yesterday or last night or early this morning, I was Googling, and there have been six times this year when there's been a 2% swing in market prices with inside of one day. And I think there was a three last week. Okay, so that... Are we, are we talking about just the S&P? Yeah, just the S&P. Yeah. yeah. So, folks, if you if the market's down 2% a day and you multiply that by, what, 180 or 90 yeah. market days, yeah. that gets to be a pretty scary number. That's which right. But you shouldn't. But my point is, oh, yeah, things are swinging up and down. And not only that, the percentage is that's even a less scary <laughs> yeah. way to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. The, the, oh, the, I'm down three hundred thousand dollars. If you're a hundred million dollar portfolio. So what? I was going to say that yeah. the news always reports it in terms yeah. of yeah. points, oh, yeah, right? Because yeah. it always sounds yeah. more not percent scary yeah. you know, because yeah. the market's gotten so yeah. big that one percent is, you know, yeah. 300 points or 400, whatever it is. And it, so it sounds like a lot. A Do- dollars yeah. are scarier. You're yeah. right. Yeah. But the price of a uh, price of gasoline went up for 10 cents per gallon. Yeah. Was that 1% or 20%? percent not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We like percentages. Yeah, yeah, it is. But we are in very volatile times, okay? And that's due to people's emotions. Those are the vol- That's the volatility. The companies aren't, they're not jumping up and down. The people who run the companies are trying to make a buck and survive. But we're jumping up and down, getting greedy or fearful. The By the way, the market makes no sense. Yeah, because people, human behavior makes no sense. Thank you. That's true. We are yeah. irrational yeah. folks. I was going to say the, just the other day, I, I think it was this, I think it was earlier this, this past week, the Emerging Markets Index was down 4% one day. Yeah, one day. There 4%. You go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, moving along. Okay, this is also a 2020 one treat. What a great time to look back. Okay, so I said, trick. Bonds aren't safe investments that pay high income. That was a that was my I'm on record for mm-hmm. saying that in 2021. Treat. Okay, the US bond market five year returns two point nine percent and treasuries are two point two. Okay, so that was a treat. By the way, in twenty twenty two, the bond market is a trick. Okay. <laughs> Folks, yeah. it, this was through Yesterday morning, I want to be clear here, and yeah. we use our reporting system. We push a button every day and see these numbers, okay? So anyway, okay, so through yesterday, whatever date that was, okay, the United States bond market is down 15.76% in this year. By the way, if you go backwards, if you've owned the U.S. bond market for the last three years, okay, you've earned a minus 3.69% per year return. Okay, they didn't add too much to your three-year returns if you have a mixed stock and bond. The U.S. bond market return going backwards five years now, I saw this yesterday, is minus a half a point. Okay, so let's see. So the bonds in your portfolio looking backwards for the last five years have minus half a point. How much did they contribute to your stock and bond portfolio? The answer is not much. Uh, They they detracted. These are not your grandfather's bonds. Mm -hmm. Okay, end of story. Okay, another 2021 trick, and I'll be quick. A 10-year treasury pays 1.5%. That was one year ago today. Okay, the treat is if interest rates move up 1.5%, 
the value of that treasury will drop 9%. By the way, they've gone from 1.5 to 4. They're up 2.5% in the last year. And I give you a hint, a 10-year treasury bond is down in value a bunch in the last year. And that's a short period of time for a bond. We almost there? Yeah, we got about a minute. All right, good. I'm I'm good. I can finish this then. Okay, so basically, okay, there are no bond treats. In 2022, there, there are no treats for any kind of bond in 2022. And I'll, because we just have a little time here, I talked to you about this morning. Okay, if you bought a 30-year United States Treasury bond a year ago, it's down 34%. Okay, wait a minute, how can that be? Because interest rates are going higher and there's a problem. So there are no bond treats this year. Can I sell my bonds? Do you sell your stocks or they're down? Probably not. You probably shouldn't sell your bonds either, folks. Give them Bonds are doing the same thing stocks do, which is very unusual. So you're going to be handing out handing out bonds this year for uh, for trick or treaters. <laughs> I won't be. You have raisins, apples, or a bond. Your pick. All right, financial tricks and treats 2022. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. All right, we're back. Oh, we're back in the crypt or the lab. I'm not sure. We're somewhere scary. Uh, Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. <laughs> okay, I'll think about. Let me think about that. Okay, uh, okay. Moving right along. All right, we're doing tricks and treats. It is Halloween weekend, and uh, so we're doing financial tricks and treats. With a little bit of background music. Oh, is that Thriller? Thriller? Of, of course it is. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. All right, sorry. And this year, there's more tricks than treats by far. More tricks than treats, yeah. yeah. It happens. Okay. It happens. We had a good year last year. and hey, uh, or Last it, couple years. It happens. Okay. So this is one I did last year, and it, I remain unchanged, and then I'll freshen it up a little bit. Trick. You cannot time markets and get in and out when you think that you should. Treat yourself to riding long term. Okay, so here are some numbers. Now, these numbers are just a, like a year or so old, so just bear with me, folks. Mm-hmm. The general point will be made. Okay, so let's see. Okay, if you missed okay, in the last nine, 20 years, from 2001 to 2020, okay, rate of return for the Standard and Poor's 500 was 7.5%. A relatively poor 20 years, by the way. Still beat inflation, mind you, but 7.5%. If you missed the 10 best days in those 20 years, your return was 3.4%. Pretty amazing. 10 days out of 20 years. Pretty amazing. You missed the 20 best days in those 20 years, your return was 0.7%. Okay, and if you missed the best 30 days, your return was minus 1.5%. Okay, and if you missed the best 40, it was minus 3.4. Hello, <laughs> folks, when we have good days, they're few and far between, and they're really big, and they mess you up if you're not on board. Okay, okay, you need to be a long-term investor because you cannot time the markets. And the reason you cannot time the markets is you're trying to guess about human behavior. That mm-hmm. makes no sense, absolutely, however, anytime. Okay, so moving right along. Okay, oh, yeah, so one more little piece of evidence 
one more nail in that coffin as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Every year, uh, a company from uh, Boston, does, it's called the Dollbar and Associates, great company, does financial stuff. Okay. They track investor performance versus investment performance with the U.S. stock market. Okay. And so basically, so here are the latest numbers. In 2021, looking backwards 30 years, a meaningful time, a, a retirement time frame for hopefully a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, so inflation going backwards 2021, 2.36% per year. Okay. Okay, the stock market, okay, 10.55% per year. Average investor in the stock market, 7.13% per mm-hmm. year. Wait a minute. <laughs> Investment owns 10, earns 10.55% a year. Investor earns 7.13% per year. What's wrong with this picture? Pretty simple. How come investor return does not equal investment return? Is because the investor was not in that investment for all of that time. It's not the fees. We go ahead. There you go. It's we go not fees. Yeah. yeah, it's your mistakes. Okay, we go in and out because <clears throat> we're scared or we're smart. We either we think or we think we're smart. Don't bother, okay? But please, okay? You just can't get there from here, okay? The chances of your chances of earning a market return by owning the stock market are one hundred percent. The chances of beating the stock market return are not. Yeah. Okay. We we'll just leave that at that. If yeah. What's yeah? The, that's you basically. You do. Yeah. I think you just said it. But yeah. Basically, yeah. basically the quote is: <coughs> in order to get a stock market return, yeah. you have to be in, in the, stock, the stock market for that yeah. period of time, mm-hmm. which basically is your lifetime, but mm-hmm. with some percentage of your money. Okay. All right. To uh, let's see. Where's the next one here? Okay. Yeah. Oh, one more little factoid here. Okay. Trick. The market goes down on. I'm sorry. The market goes down in intra year average of 14.3% every year. What's that mean? There's some period of time in any given year, might be 10 weeks, might be a month and a half, might be April through October. There's some period of time within a year that the stock market is down 14.3%. That's so that's average. Yeah. So if you looked at this statement and then two months later looked at another statement, it could be down 14%. Temporarily, okay. I know we we have that great we have that great chart. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to see if I could pull it up. And while you're looking, the point is that yeah, yeah. if it goes down 14.3 percent within a year, every year on average, okay, it's normal. Get used to it. So I pull I pulled Deal it up it. here. Yeah. yeah. So it's J P Morgan. Yep. J P Morgan Asset Management yep. puts together this chart. It's basically so it's the S and P 500 intra year declines versus calendar year returns. Yep. And it says yeah, despite average intra year drops of 14 percent. Yep. Annual returns were positive yeah. 32 of the 42 years. Ooh, there you go. And if you look at and obviously, yeah, you, interesting. Need, you need to see the chart to yeah, get the yeah. full effect. There are basically, yeah, there, there are negatives pretty much every single year. The yeah. market goes down at some point, some more than others, but the majority of the time, you still end up with a positive return if you open your eyes at the end of the year. Yeah, so the macroeconomic point is volatility. Deal with it. It's that's, normal. That's how you make your money and... Nobody ever complained about upward volatility on their stocks. Right? Normal. I'm yeah. looking at, and I'm just going to cherry pick here for a second. But there was a year. Looks like it looks like it was 1987. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Based That's, on my eyes oh, here. Yeah. Been uh, there, done that. So 1987. Yeah. So at one point in 1987, the S&P 500 was down as much as 34 percent. Yep. Negative. And it finished up. Let me it, guess. It, it, five. A plus two. Plus two. Yeah. Okay. So yep. it was down 34. Yeah. But posted a plus two at the end of the year, folks. Volatility is the price you pay to make money. Okay, end of story. Get used to it. Deal with it. Okay. All right. Trick. 
Let's see. Where am I here? Oh, okay. Now, this is, there's a big macroeconomic point here. Trick. The one-year range in volatility for the Standard & Poor's 500, if you owned it for any given year, up 47, down 39. Hello. That, that is the range of return in a calendar year for the S&P 500. I don't know the time frame. A long time. By the way, so if you own the market for just a year, plus 47 to minus 39, anywhere in the middle. Pick one. Okay. If you owned the market for any 10-year, okay, plus 19, minus, let me see, the longer you own something in the market, the less volatility you, you expose. Oh, I think I like that. Yeah, time, folks. Time reduces volatility. Once again, any given year, up 47, down 39. Pick one. Any given 10 years, up 19, minus one. I think I'll take those. Okay, by the way, the numbers got much better the further out you go, but I just stopped it. Yeah, and I know, I don't think we have it here, but I know we have another chart with a 50-50, right? Stocks and bonds, and and it reduces even more, right? Because the bonds help cut the volatility, the longer the time frame, less chance of a negative. And um, less chance of a better return, but that's okay, you deal with that. Yeah, you limit your upside, but you also limit the downside. You need what you need for a return. Okay, all right. Trick. 2021 inflation, this is last year, in the U.S. is 5.4% and the highest in a long time. Okay, (laughs) treat, be glad you don't live in Venezuela. Okay, by the way, so this year in 20, by the way, last year, (laughs) this is so sad, it's, you have to, okay, inflation in Venezuela in 2021 was 5,500%. I can't, I can't imagine how that works. And by the way, let's hope as a country we never have to worry about that. Yeah. Okay. But Venezuela, the inflation is 5,500% last year. Well, in 2022, okay, our inflation is 8.5%, gone from 5.4 to 8.5. Venezuela's gone from 5,500 down to a mere 650%. <laughs> you ima- we're ha- pulling our hair out at 8% inflation. Yeah. Uh, that, that is so terrible. It's terrifying. It, 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 it is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and my point is, as a country, you can mess things up. And I don't want to compare us to Venezuela just yet. If you don't act wisely and prudently, there there are prices to be paid, financially speaking, and unfortunately, I can't even envision that. I, yeah. And I'm glad I was born in this country with 8.5% inflation this year, whatever the number is. So. I'm sure it's beautiful there, yeah, though. Yeah, I, okay. Uh, w- one can mess up one's financial affairs as a country, is my point, and uh, we need to be mindful of that. Rem- I, I remember- mentioned that as an example of what yeah. not to do. Remember okay. Greece? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. Nope, nope. Okay. Greece and Italy were like basket cases for a while, if I recall. Whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, this is getting into some big picture trick-or-treats here, but points we make, I think, are brilliant. Pardon my language. You can... Brilliant. That's okay. right. Yep. All right. So, here's the trick. The stock market is not your biggest risk, folks. I say that yep. in a very exciting year. The treat, not even close. Taxes and inflation... And you not saving enough money will kill you. And pretty much taxes and inflation are guaranteed. I don't know about whether it's guaranteed that you're going to save enough money or not. But anyway, okay, taxes and inflation are an investor's biggest risk. Taxes are guaranteed. Inflation, pretty much. You okay with it? High probability? Extremely high probability? There's going to be a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number is debatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you conceptually, folks... By the way, tax you don't figure in the taxes you paid on your investment returns. If you did, it would be smaller. That's a pretty safe statement. Okay, but the inflation thing, that's really scary. 
because it's cumulative, okay? So in 2021, I'll use a real number, it was like 5.8%, okay? In 2022, thus far, it's 8, okay? So 5.8, call it 6, 8, call it 8, okay? So if one year you're down 6, okay, you lost 6% of your buying power. If the next year you're down 8, over the two years you've lost 14 percent of your buying power okay so every year that we have inflation your money buys less but it gets worse and worse and whatever so even three percent inflation will kill you over a long enough period of time okay and so that's just those are your risks okay inflation's a much bigger risk than taxes because it's cumulative and it adds up or i'm sorry subtracts out given the circumstances and investors should be worried about that okay and by the way okay time tested way to beat inflation is not to own bonds but it is to own stocks okay okay you might be able to do it sometimes for periods of time shortly with bonds but you can do it with stocks with some excitement over a long enough period of time i remember yeah i remember we had another one somewhere that we yeah. talked about before and there was the trick the trick is mm-hmm. My money is safe in the bank. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, uh, that in but the trick or the it's a trick because of inflation, right? Yep. yep. Uh, if the bank is paying you, what did you say the average national average a tenth of a percent? Yeah. Okay, let's make it a percent. Okay. You're in a percent. Fine, one percent. Yeah. But if inflation's averaging two or three percent per yep. year, you're a net negative as far as going to try to spend your yeah. money in the world. Yeah. Let's do that. This year it's eight. So let's use eight to, yeah. to really scare people. So if you got if it you, is Halloween. If you got a thousand dollars in the bank. Okay, and you earn a 1% return this year. Okay, unless I miss my guess, you got $1,110, okay, in your bank account. Now, you paid some taxes on that, but we won't even bother with those. (laughs) Okay, the taxes on $10 or whatever. I don't even know if you get a 1099 for that. There's a certain threshold, yeah. But you did. You paid some taxes. But so you're looking at your $1,010, okay. But by the way, the $1,000 shrunk by 8% in terms of what it could buy. Unless I missed my guess, you got $80 now. Think about that, but never mind the inflation on the income. Look at the inflation on your capital and what can it buy. It It's deadly, and they're right to try to keep it low, the thing, but you know, how, if you understand that those are your two biggest risks, you also understand you have to own some proportion of things that can beat inflation and taxes, and stocks over the long run have that ability to do that. Okay, they, Yeah, they come with excitement. Unless, they, they you do. know, the alternative is that you've got such a substantial amount of savings that you can afford to earn a small rate of return, but that's pretty far and few, few between for most folks. Yep. Uh, or, and or you're willing to scrimp and sacrifice yep. greatly based on what the world does. Yeah, folks, to give you a hint about that, there's a an there's a chart by Ibbotson, I B O T S O N. It's a, fam- a famous stocks, bonds, stocks, bonds, bills, and inflation chart. Okay, that's published every year, and basically it's back to 1929. Uh, and these are 1929 numbers through 2021. Okay. You can never see the fresh one. You have to spend a lot of money to go buy the current one. So I know. I've been meaning to yeah, do that, too, yeah. and I, it put it on my wall. It takes 20 yeah. minutes to find that chart yeah. because they, you they, they to, don't... you got to pay for it. Yeah, right? you got to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, anyway, here's numbers through 2021 that I think started like 1929. Okay, inflation, okay, 2.9%. Treasury bills, 33 Take away taxes, you're about even if you're lucky. Okay, treasury bonds, 55 Okay, big blue chip stocks, 105 and small stocks, 12.1. Okay, so that makes sense when you think about it. Okay, the bond numbers are going to be 
changing going forward because we had a very wonderful time for bonds when interest rates are coming down from approximately 1980 to 2012 or 13. So going forward, I think it's going to be more and more challenging for bonds to keep up with inflation, more so than it's been in the past. And the odds weren't great, to be honest with you. So just be careful about that. But please understand that, folks. Okay. All right. 2020 trick. In 2020, we had the fastest bear market ever, 33 days. That was the COVID crash. Some people didn't even know about it because if you checked your statements two months apart, you wouldn't have known. Yep. Okay. Okay. A treat. In 2020, we had the fastest bull market recovery ever, 123 days. Of course, things are happening faster all the time there. 33 days down, 30%, 34%, something like that. 123 days back. Lightning time. Okay. Did any of the companies change in all that time? No, no, just people and what they thought about them. Okay, so actually, I, so I still have that J.P. Morgan chart up. Yep. So, I, so for that, yep. for, so for twenty twenty, yep. let's see. So the S and P five hundred went down thirty four percent, thirty four at the lowest. At 30, the lowest. So thirty four percent down, thirty three days, and then, <laughs> but it finished the year. <laughs> At was it what sixteen percent? I think. Yeah. yeah. How many people yeah. could have predicted that yeah. and bet yeah. their savings or yeah. their life nice egg on yeah. that? Probably, hopefully, not many. Okay. Anyway, so there you go. Okay. Record time. So the trick in twenty twenty two, January third was the last market high. January third, twenty twenty two. By the way, okay. So I, you know this, but I'll mention this because I think this is cool. So, uh, folks, we have a bunch of clients. They're losing money like everybody else temporarily this year, hopefully less than some, and hopefully they're prepared for it, the thing. But the bottom line is if you're a financial advisor and you sit down every day and show your clients that they're down 10 or 12% and it's going to be okay, yeah, it gets a little – it's what we do and when we get paid, but it's not exactly fun. Earlier this year, I decided that besides giving clients their – present report, which doesn't look so great. I gave them a happy report. Okay. Treat. A treat. Exactly. Okay. And the happy report okay, you know, was what their returns looked like on December 31st of 2021. And it's talk about a change in 10 months. Okay. Okay. We looked really smart as financial advisors. Smarter than we should have, by the way, in 20, at the end of last year. And, and we were uh, humble enough to say that <laughs> during those times. That, that, that during is, those times. That yes, is yes, correctamundo. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. And so, so the difference between the 10 months ending the December 31st and now are stark, but there's a message there. For, we call today's report your temporarily sad report, and this is your happy report to make you feel a little bit better about your sad report. Okay, basically, in clients think that's like amazing, and it's a little comforting these days to go out and do something like that. And I said, so yeah, so if we met on January 1st this year, I would have given you this report. And, oh, by the way, I probably would have said, oh, by the way, don't get used to those short-term numbers that are really high. Yeah, the market's probably a little on the high side. That's just a guess yep. on my part. And then I finish up with saying, by the way, don't get used to your short-term numbers today. The market's probably a little on the low side. And I think there's some educational merit to doing something like that, given the circumstances. So anyway, so th- th- that's the point. And by the way, I finish with, I should have met all of my clients this year on January 1st. And then we should have, we could just take the year take, off. Taking the year off. Yeah, yeah catch me next year. But yeah. That's not how it works. So one of those things. So we're having a temporarily sad time, folks. It's always been temporary so far. I can comfortably say that. And just the waiting for it to get over is the real hard part. It sure as heck is. But when it does get over, it gets over fast and furious. And you don't want to be out of that out of that game here. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Trick. The world is coming to an end. This time for sure. Okay. One of the phrases you hear 
just about at the end of the bad time is this time it's different. There's, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Okay, plot. Okay, the characters are the, are the same, but the plot is the same. The characters are different. The plot is the same. Bad things happen. We react to it. It looks like the world's coming over to an end. And then somehow we figure out a way to get over it, although it's painful and takes some time. And hopefully we keep doing that. And then we forget about it. Yeah, and then we forget about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then we forget like, about it. Right. Oh, yeah. There was that time with the thing. And yep. The, yeah. So this time I'm thinking it's not different, of course. Maybe we will go back to the Stone Age, but... Um, I think a whole bunch of the world would prefer that not to happen. We're betting against that. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, so the world's coming to an end this time for sure. Nope. Treat yourself to some faith in the future. And by the way, you have no historical precedent precedent not to be optimistic because we've come out of these things before in many different ways and shapes and forms sort of a thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, what was the 50 reasons thing? I saw that. Oh, okay. Money. No, the Motley Fool uh, published uh, an article a while back called the 50 reasons... To be optimistic for the future of the world. 50, okay. I, I actually, I have that someplace here. Wait a second. Okay, this was a while back. Wait a minute now. I might even have that. Uh, the reasons we're living through the greatest th- period. Theory. Yeah, in, you got that up? In world history. You got that up? Yep. Yeah, okay. We'll read a few of those things here. Yeah, this is, that, this is a really good idea. Folks, we think about all the bad news. We never think about the good news. We... We deserve the good news and we don't count it. But mm-hmm. the bad news is bad, sort of a thing. So can you read, are you reading any of those? I have them, yeah. yeah so people. number one is about life expectancy. Yeah. It says, yeah. you know, life expectancy yeah. in the U.S. at birth was 39 years in 1800. In 1900, it was 49 years. 1950, 68 years. And today, it's 79 years. Mm. Quite substantial, right? Re- reason to be happy? Right. Well, okay, I'm living longer. Okay, uh, yeah. Let's see. Some people would say, yeah, I'm going to worry about running out of money now. Hey, one step at a time. I remember, okay, I remember, I remember yeah. this one. So then another yeah. one says, in 1949, Popular Mechanics magazine made the bold prediction that someday a computer could weigh less than one ton. Oh, uh, really going out on a limb. <laughs> yeah. 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 And whoever wrote this article says, wow. he says, I wrote this sentence on an iPad that weighs 0. 0.73 pounds. There, there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, and probably could have done it on the iPhone yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. P- folks, get, is there, what, some, how about some of the medical ones there? But by, by the way, the quality of life that we have now, yep. okay, compared to 15, 20, 50, 100 years ago, hello, we're in pretty good shape here. By the way, I don't mean to say this, but if you had to be poor, you want to be poor today versus 100 years ago, folks. Let me tell you, okay, not that there's a choice, I understand, but at least there are some mechanisms in place to try to protect against stuff like that. That was not the case. There's this one. This is on the... I get excited reading this. They're interesting. They should update this thing. They really should. The average American now retires at age 62. A hundred years ago, the average American died at 51. There you go. (laughs) It says, enjoy your golden years. Your ancestor just didn't get any of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's... it's, There's a couple about disease or things. There's one about polio or something like that. A flu pandemic in 1918 infected 500 million people and killed as many as 100 million. Okay. In his book, The Great Influenza, John Barry describes the illness as if someone were hammering a wet... <laughs> oh, okay. I don't even want to read that. Okay. It says, <laughs> today you can go to Safeway and get a flu shot. It costs 15 bucks. Yeah. You might feel a little poke. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. versus the other. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mo- moving right along. Yeah. There, there is one about, I think, polio or influenza. Mm. While Kirk is looking, folks, yeah. we have reason to be happy about where we are in the world. Okay, and we forget about all the wonderful, uh, our health coverage or and their health treatments today versus whenever. Think about all the advances that we've had in the world. Okay, think, think about your quality of life 
yeah. now. It, nobody ever does. We just focus on the bad news because it's threatening the good stuff that we forgot about. It's just really, do you find a good one there or what? <laughs> this is, I just, some of them are just funny. Okay, I like uh, Almost no homes had a refrigerator in 1900, let alone a car. Today they sell cars with refrigerators in them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That keeps me nice and cold. That's right. That's yes. Right. Yeah, I should have looked up that. And but bring the bodies home for fresh blood. Yeah, yeah. The point is, we have it really good compared to even 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30. People can't argue with that yeah. in terms of the quality of our lives. Okay. Would you rather have been born on your date of birth or 500 years ago? Pick one, folks. Okay. No, I'm not demeaning the bad things that are happening. We have reason to feel pretty good about life as we are, and that gives you hope to that we get through all these things but that's not the way fear does us in i think and uh, it does yeah it really does two minutes oh my gosh two minutes all right two minutes okay Uh, okay uh, uh. thank you thank you count Mm, Uh, let's see (laughs) need to pick a you want to pick one or Uh, i didn't know if you had a grand finale would you have a king-size treat to give out at the end yeah oh say something good you mean yeah okay sure treat i don't want to own any stocks in retirement trick you can't afford not to okay folks if you look back over the long run and if you could look at how your portfolio is doing and what stocks and bonds and other things, if you could compare what you're earning versus what's going on in the world, okay, I think you'd probably figure out that most of the money you've made in whatever kind of retirement plan or investment you have, it's been because of the stocks in the portfolio. Sometimes, lots of times, bonds have provided some baffle to the volatility and sometimes have actually made some money. But, folks, the chances of making beating inflation and taxes are a lot higher with stocks and bonds, and <clears throat> they just come with certain pain. You know. I'm done. All you? right. Well, thank you for listening. My name is Kirk Reed. The treat is the world will survive and we'll get better. The world will How's survive. That? Yes. Okay, we'll be okay. Yes, you heard it from Mike McNamara. Write that down. If you're going out uh, on Monday, please trick-or-treat responsibly, whatever that means. All right, thanks, Tim, for all the, for all the you're extra. You're very welcome. Thank you. Ah, Appreciate ah, it. Ah, ah. All right, thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. 